0: Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're continuing our series on how we found our Great Loop boat, and we're going to bring another looper on. Uh, These are loopers in progress who are pretty new to their boat, so we'll bring in Brian and Jen in just a minute. Before we do, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and our viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with the business out of the way, I want to welcome Brian and Jen to Great Loop Radio. Thanks for joining me today from beautiful Marathon.
1: Yes, yeah, thank thanks, you Kim. for thanks having for us.
0: us. Yeah, so let's uh, start off. Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves and, you know, why you decided to do the Great Loop.
1: Okay, great. Um, I'm Jennifer and uh, my husband, Brian. Uh, we've been married for about 13 years now, going on 14. Uh, we um, One of the things that attracted us to each other was our love for traveling. And uh, we've been doing international travel, um, Multiple times a year since we've met. Uh, we've always talked about the loop. We thought we were going to do the loop later in life uh, when we uh, officially both retired. But with COVID um, interrupting our ability to do international travel, we have decided let's go ahead and do the loop now. And um, it's a great way to kind of social distance <laughs> when we need to, but also exceed the country. And so we. Um, Started this journey on January 15th. Um, I'm still actively working. I'm a a physician. I actually am in pediatric intensive care and I do shift work. So I am lucky enough to work with a team that's allowing me to group all my shifts um, together for the end of a month and the beginning of the next month. And then I have about uh, four to six weeks off in between the times that I have to go back to do shifts for about two weeks. Um, So that's what I'm going to be doing during this year. And Brian is um, officially retired from Amazon. You want to add anything?
2: Yeah. And I'm Brian. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a great, uh, um, you know, uh, release for Jen when she goes and does her tough shifts at at the hospital and can come back and and, uh, relax and recuperate on board YOLO. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and, And Jennifer, thanks for sharing that for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, you know, thank you for continuing that work through COVID because I'm sure it has been quite uh, going on, you know, two years now for you. Yeah. Um, but also I think it gives people who aren't retired yet another thought on how they might be able to do this because you are able to maintain a full time job, um, a pretty intense job at that, um, but kind of arrange your schedule so that it all works. Correct. And I think that's probably something that a lot of people maybe have not considered. Um, so we're happy to have you aboard yes. and, and out there doing the great loop. And I know you've worked your way from Charleston down to Marathon, which is r- super exciting. Um, you're probably at this point, uh, since you were coming south, which is the opposite direction from most loopers are approaching Marathon. But right. now that you're in Marathon, you're probably going to start to see lots and lots of Burgies out there and more headed that way, in fact. So that's that's exciting. But, you know, tell us um, where you're from, because you're not exactly coastal uh, where your home is and tell us a little bit about your boating experience prior to the great loop.
2: Yeah. So, um, we're from Scottsdale, Arizona and, uh, our entire boating experience, probably from 2012 Ooh. to 2019 ish, uh, was on a, um, a mid, sized lake, uh, just North of Phoenix, Arizona Lake Pleasant. Um, and we have a 30 foot, uh, 38 foot sea ray sun dancer, mm-hmm. um, nice boat. Um, wow. and, uh, uh, it was a lake boat. So, um, there were no tides, there were no currents. Um, so, uh, I knew how to dock a boat, um, in calm waters. And, um, but so it was, uh, it's, it's been an interesting journey here learning. Um, and what a great place to learn in the Ashley river in Charleston uh, on our <laughs> way down here. So, so, Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. For someone who's only done lake boating and not have to deal with tides and currents, you picked probably the most challenging place there is on the loop tides and current wise to start out and then head South from there, you know, that whole, uh, the South Southern part of South Carolina and all through Georgia, you've got those pretty substantial yes. tides. So I bet you're feeling uh, pretty much like an expert on that at this point.
2: Yes. <laughs> and, um, and just a shout out, you know, one of the things that, that, that wasn't a deterrent for us and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just watching all of the videos and watching your podcasts and being on the great loop forum. uh, it, it really, um, it really gave me a sense of, Hey, I can do this. Um, the other thing that we did uh, is we contacted capable cruising. Um, and we had Scott and Karen Duvall come out to our boat for three days. Um, and just, you know, they showed us this boat. Um, we went out into the heavy winds. We went out into a, a pretty good current um, and, and, you know, practiced. Um, and we, it just gave us a lot of confidence. So definitely just shout out to Capable Cruising. Um, I know there's other um, folks out there as well, but um, that's who we chose. And, and uh, my level of confidence just went up by Ooh. tenfold having spent those that time with them.
0: Yeah. And that's that's so important. Um, and obviously you did have some previous boating experience. So you hear Phoenix and kind yes. of think desert. But you did have a sizable, um, you know, certainly a great loop capable boat. Getting it from your lake to the Great Loop route probably would have been a challenge.
1: Yes. Um, You're right.
0: But so you had some boating experience before in a comparable size boat. But you mentioned your boat is Yolo. So tell us about your boat and why you picked the name Yolo.
2: Um, yeah, so we, we found YOLO up in, uh, in Boston, uh, Massachusetts with the help of, uh, Michael Martin and Kurt Stokes and associates. Um, and we were, we just, we just fell in love just looking at boats mm-hmm. at the, at the Ranger tug. Um, uh, we wanted a trawler, um, and, uh, we wanted, you know, we were looking at a 29 to 31 foot, um, and just kind of with the price range and some of the, you know, some of like um, the age of some of the boats that were there, um. We just found this one, uh, and it's a um, 27-foot Ranger Tug, and uh, it's got some really cool uh, aftermarket features. It does have full AC and uh, heating. Um, The previous owner did put a generator on board as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one thing that we're using for the first time today is uh, he actually put in a a water uh, spigot for City Water, uh, which was not on the original model uh, 2011 uh, Ranger Tug R27. So um, yeah, that's, that's Yola. And
1: I think um, when Brian showed me the trawlers, I had never seen um, the trawler version of boats before. I wasn't as knowledgeable about boats um, and uh, I loved the book. And then I said to Brian, I said, you know, let's just, um, I'll let you pick the size based on your comfort being the captain for most of the uh, the journey And um, I just wanted to make sure that we had a generator and air conditioning. That was definitely a must-haves.
2: And our little uh, Yanmar 180 horsepower diesel engine is just uh, purrs like a kitten and uh, is is getting us to where we need to go.
0: Mm -hmm. So it it sounds like your tug is a little bit smaller than your sea ray was on the lake. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, what and I don't know how much time you really spent aboard the C-Ray if it was kind of a weekend boat, but you know, what made you step down in size when you started to look at something that you were going to be spending a significant amount of time aboard?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think a few things. One, um, you know, the, the C-Ray had uh twin four ninety five Mercruiser cruiser engines, um, you know, gasoline. And, uh, I, I just, I saw us, you know, shelling out a bunch of money and, and fuel, uh, for that. Um, the considerations in going down in size. Couple things. One is we had heard from loopers that you know some of the waters can get pretty uh, you know pretty skinny, um, and this boat drafts you know two feet two inches versus our old boat at nearly five feet. Um, so I really like the comfort of not um, you know not that it can't happen, uh, but the likelihood of going aground would be uh, obviously minimized um, in this boat when we came and did the personal inspection. Uh, the biggest thing was, you know, was the, was the, um, was the stateroom, the, the, you know, the sleeping quarters, was it going to be big enough? And, um, I was very, very mm-hmm. uh, pleasantly surprised on, on how generous, uh, the Ranger Tug, our 27s berth is. Um, so Jen and I and our little dog, uh, have plenty of room mm-hmm. to sleep mm-hmm. at night. Um, you know, and the rest of the boat is cozy, but our, also our aft deck is, uh, is super nice and roomy and that's where we want to spend all of our time yes and now that we're out of the winter weather um we're that's where we're spending all of our time
0: (laughs) yes and the water is so beautiful there in marathon it's one of the things that's just stunning every Uh, time i go to that area it's just um just almost like a shocking color of blue and i saw in one of your facebook posts brian that you kind of mentioned the water color. and i was like yes that is exactly it that's what you know soon as you get there it's like amazing compared to uh, yeah. it's coming from there charleston and, and heading down the river system you have kind of a lot of you yes. know not real pretty water until you head down there to the well right. it starts to get prettier around you know south florida yes. but the keys is is like no other place mm-hmm. on the loop so it's pretty amazing um yeah. jennifer mentioned a couple of you know kind of the the comfortable must-haves like a, a generator and air conditioning but when you set out to find the boat, was there any, and you mentioned that you liked the trawler style, but any other kind yeah. of must-have features that you were looking for? You know, there's the, the age-old question that there's no right or wrong answer, but, you know, single versus dual engines, um, those kinds of things. Did you have any strong preferences in those directions of, of any of those other types of features of the boat?
1: Probably diesel.
2: Yeah. So we wanted, we definitely wanted diesel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I know the old adage of, you know, if you only have one engine and it goes out, you have no engines. Um, but, uh, my adage is if you have two engines and one or two engines break, then you have to fix two engines. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, we will, you know, we are getting the dinghy uh, with a six, uh, with a six horsepower engine uh, when we're back up in Fort Lauderdale. Um, but that was, that was a must for us was, was going diesel. Um, and then from Tugnuts and AGLCA, um, I, I I couldn't have read better reviews about the Yanmar um, engine. So uh, we were definitely steering towards mm-hmm. single engine. Uh, yeah. We wanted to cruise uh, at about eight or nine knots. We're averaging right now about eight point two um, for this journey south, um, and that's plenty fast for us. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to just you know, with our lives, we just want to slow down. Uh, we don't need a go fast boat, um, mm-hmm. yeah. and. Uh, so yeah, that was that was probably the biggest thing that we were looking for right. um, was was definitely diesel, um, and uh, we prefer an in, inboard, uh, which yes. is which is what this is obviously. Um, uh, so that's those are probably the two big things that we were looking for.
0: Uh, you mentioned how, you know kind of your average speed so far on this trip. Have you calculated at all your fuel burn rate? Mm-hmm. How is that we looking have, so far?
2: Yeah, it's looking really yes. good. So uh, the Yanmar is kind of sipping the fuel, the fuel right now. So um, 2.8, I, think yeah, th- I think it's yeah, I think it's two point eight nautical 3. miles a gallon yeah. or something wow. like that. I think.
1: Yes, yeah. the highest is about three point two so far that we've had. So oh, yeah, I'm
2: <laughs> Yeah, we were, um, and it, that was. Uh, two days ago, when we were coming down Biscayne Bay. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was we, our toughest part of the, that the was, journey That was, yeah. It, yes. it, was, it was about uh, sustained
2: 20 mile an hour winds. We were going dead uh, due south and we had east winds and east currents. Um, so I was uh, tacking like a sailboat uh, mm-hmm. the entire length of Biscayne yes. Bay. So it was Nebo, my Nebo tracks are all zigzaggy. <laughs> uh, I promise. As I was not drinking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's take a quick break. We'll play a message from one of our sponsors. Um, When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the process you underwent to find the right boat, because it is something that many are finding very challenging right now. Um, I don't think we mentioned when you purchased, but it was pretty recently. When did you actually close on YOLO? Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Late October um, of this past year is when we closed on YOLO.
0: Yeah. Right. So well it, yeah. into this current boat market where it's, it's hard to find boats, which is one of the reasons I really wanted to have the two of you on. Um, yeah. As you probably know, we had our winter rendezvous um, last week and lots of people looking for boats, lots of people finding challenges with that. So I really kind of want to talk about uh, your specific situation since it's recent and it's during the current market. So we'll be back in a moment. Yeah. Winter Harbor Marina is located on the Oneida River, 1.5 miles west of Oneida Lake in Brewerton, New York, just minutes from Syracuse International Airport. Winter Harbor offers the lowest diesel fuel and gas prices from New York City to Canada. If you find a lower posted documented price, they will match it. Their amenities include complimentary courtesy vehicle, 24-hour pay-at-the-pump fueling, dockside water and cable TV, pristine bathrooms and showers, and emergency haul-out service. For more information, call 315-676-9276 or visit www.winterharborllc.com. Winter Harbor is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. Our guests today are Brian and Jennifer. They are current loopers in progress aboard their Ranger Tug. And they are sharing the stories of how they found their Great Loop boat. So that's really where I want to kind of focus in now, um, Brian and Jennifer. Kind of tell us how, you, you know, you, you knew you could, wanted to do the Great Loop. You decided that with Brian retired and your lives the way they were, and Jennifer able to kind of alter her work schedule some so that she would have, you know, months to weeks, weeks to a month plus at a time. Um, when you decided now was the time, how did you go about starting the search?
2: Yeah, um, we, we we wrote down our wish lists and, and you know the things that like we just talked about the must haves, uh, and then just being associated with AGLCA, uh, I knew of Curtis Stokes and um, I knew of Michael Martin who you know just deals directly with you know great loopers and great loop boats, um, mm-hmm. emailed him um, and got a very quick response from him saying, Hey, I, you know, I have all your, your desires. Um, I will start to scour. Mm-hmm. And, um, it wasn't but uh, a couple of weeks where we, uh, we saw some boats that just wouldn't work out for one reason or another. And, uh, and then we found uh, YOLO up in, in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it had just come on the market. Like, um, so it was not on the market for very long and, um, uh, we quickly made contact with them. Um, I think they were, um, encouraged that like within a day or two, you know, uh, we were both flying Michael from Florida, um, or Charleston and me from Arizona to Boston for a personal inspection. Uh Um, and, uh, I think that may have, um, saved us from other people wanting to to see the boat potentially. Um, yeah.
1: And I think, um, One of the things that I would say is I was very hesitant about looking at broadly um, from a geography standpoint Uh, for a boat. I really wanted to find one in Florida because that would have been easier to start the loop in Florida. So I would Mm -hmm. I I guess this opened my eyes that you can look more broadly and don't let that um, stop you because we were able to um, get the boat down to Charleston. And Brian can talk about that. Um, And then Charleston was actually a great place to learn about our boat with the tides that they have. So um, in retrospect, I think that I was hesitant about finding the boat so far away from Florida, but it it actually turned out great.
0: so. So it's fairly common right now because boats are coming to market and selling so fast to make an offer sight unseen contingent on that personal inspection you mentioned. Did you have the need to do that in this case?
1: No, because of, because of the fact that you flew down right away. Yes, exactly. Right.
0: Excellent. Okay. Um, so that that's a plus some people get kind of uncomfortable with the idea of the site on scene and it's just becoming more and more common that just to, to have the opportunity to even do the personal inspection by the time you can get there, there could be other offers. Um, and I want to encourage people, particularly if you're working with a buyer's broker, um, it is very common right now to put in that offer sight on scene yes. and contingent contingent on your personal inspection, which means you're, you are um, able to walk away if for any reason you're just not satisfied with the boat when you do that personal inspection, but working with a buyer's broker can also um, gives you even a little bit more protection there because that deposit you're putting um, is going into the broker's escrow account. So um, yes. it's, it's a very uncomfortable thing for a lot of us to think about, you know, putting in an offer and a deposit on something you have not set mm-hmm. foot aboard yet. Um, but if you're doing it the right way, you are very well protected and, and boats are selling so fast. That's kind of part of the deal right now. Um, so I assume that you proceeded from after the personal inspection made a return trip for a survey and sea trial and, and all the normal boat buying things. Mm-hmm.
2: We did. Yeah. And and just, um, you know, I know people try to, to buy or sell boats on their own, um, uh, and and many of those transactions probably work out. Uh, yeah. I, for me, uh, you know, understanding how to operate a boat um, is different than um, what to look for. Like when you're really serious about buying a boat, um, and having a licensed captain broker uh, in Michael Martin and Curtis Stokes, um, really like you know, before we got there, it was hey, let's look for some showstoppers. Um, and, you know, there mm-hmm. were things, you know, there were just little things on the boat that we needed to, to get, you know, fixed um, upon, you know, our, our purchase. Uh, but walking away from the personal inspection, knowing that we would have additional expense and going to an, a hull survey and an engine survey, um, having that broker with me saying, hey, you know what, like, this is a good boat. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go to the hull and engine inspection. Uh, r- made me feel really good, yes. and then, meant to have both of those come back uh, with very good grades, uh, obviously just sealed the deal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that is a great point, and something I probably haven't brought up before is that there is a a pretty good expense to um, surveying and sea trialing a boat because you do usually have the engine surveyor and the hull surveyor, um, and those both have costs associated with them. So. Having somebody who 's knowledgeable about the boat to kind of give it the once over um, during the inspection is is kind of a great way to avoid going to the expense of a survey and a sea trial on something that 's probably not a great boat and As uh, more and more boats are coming to market because it 's a seller 's market and it 's a great opportunity to sell something that you know maybe has been sitting for a little while um, it 's great to have that that knowledgeable set of eyes besides your own on the boat. Um, so how many boats total did you actually, um, you know, did you do a personal inspection on any besides YOLO? Um,
1: well, in San Diego, we did go yeah, to we run, viewed
2: we viewed a boat in San Diego. Mm-hmm, uh, didn't, a, a didn't get to, yeah, we didn't get to the, the survey.
1: We actually um, went there more for not to actually think about putting an offer, but I wanted to kind of get a sense of what a 31-foot, versus a 29 foot uh, ranger tug was like. And so we happened to be on vacation in San Diego and we looked up to see if there were any ranger tugs available and we were able to go on to a 31 and a 29 foot. So I could kind of understand what is the difference and what is the gain between the sizes. Uh Um, We ended up with a 27, which, you know, we didn't uh, initially, we thought we were going to get a 29 But the 27 having the retro uh, generator and um, AC allowed us to really feel comfortable going to with the 27. Yeah.
0: The other thing that happened at our winter rendezvous that I think caught a lot of people by surprise was information on the current status of getting insurance for a boat. Um, And we did cover that in last week's podcast but I'm, I'm thinking it probably wasn't a real struggle for the two of you because you were stepping down in the size of the boat and had some previous experience, but um, any insight cool. into how that process worked for you?
2: Uh, again, AGLCA, um, you know, sponsors and, and just contacts uh, put us onto uh, our insurance mm-hmm. company and, um, you know, they did their due diligence asked about, you know, our previous boat and, you know, my boating experience, uh, you know, they did it was favorable that our boats at 2011 um and that's partially why we were uh we were looking at that you know not that exact year but the newness of the boat um, mm-hmm. like when we were searching for boats there were uh boats in our price range in the size of boat uh they were more in the 2000 1998 2002 mm-hmm. range uh, which obviously would have been different uh, insurance considerations but um um, luckily for us, uh, with the size of boat and my boating experience, um, getting the insurance was was not hard at all.
0: Yeah. So for anyone who didn't is not up to speed on the insurance issues, it's really a hot topic right now. And go back to last week's episode of Great Loop Radio for more information on that. Um, but Brian and Jennifer uh, probably had the ideal situation going into that for insurance because <laughs> you're right, Brian, it's a newer boat. Um, the, the issues right now with insurance are for older boats. Um, for people who are stepping up in the size of their boat from, you know, from more than 10 feet bigger or people who don't have a lot of boating experience. So you were able to kind of check all the boxes that the insurance companies are looking for, which is great. Um, so I'm glad that was an easy process for you. Um, so did the boat have the name YOLO or did you rename her when you took possession?
1: Yes, um, she, uh, she had the name YOLO. Um, we, for our first boat, we actually changed the name and did a whole naming, uh, ceremony. Mm-hmm. So we weren't afraid not to change the name. Um, we've done it before, but, um, YOLO was exactly, um, the phrase that we chose because that means everything to us. Um, in making this decision to do the loop now versus waiting, um, it just kind of fits. So I said, let's not change it. So let's keep it.
0: It really does fit with what I know of your story. So I'm actually very surprised that that's not the name you gave her, that she already had that because it is, it is no. perfect for the two of you and how you're going about bad. it.
1: Like this is the right boat for us. You know, I, I <laughs> do believe in signs and that was a sign. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> so you're coming to us from Marathon today. Um, actually, a question I, I missed and I did want to come back to. How did you get the boat from Boston where you pur- purchased it down to Charleston, which is where you really started doing your cruising?
2: Yeah, it was a, a recommendation from our broker um, and uh, that person was not able to do it. Uh, and then they were subsequently recommended another mm-hmm. gentleman um, who was able to trailer it uh, down to uh, Charleston and um, super nice guy to work with. Um, yes. I felt very safe. He was insured um, mm-hmm. and just provided me with a lot of uh, details about his business and insurance and, um, and we were able to get down to the marine yard um, where we had some work done on it and uh splashed her there and then brought her over to the marina.
0: So another Very great benefit huge. to it being a twenty-seven footer is is you can transport it on a trailer yeah. rather than having to have a captain yeah. take it down from Boston for you. So that makes makes total sense, right. makes it well worth it. It was not
2: yeah, it was also it was not yeah. So the 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 the, the three eighty Sundancer, you know, you needed an eighteen wheeler. This was a guy in his ford f-150 pickup truck super easy yeah Yeah.
0: no that's perfect it makes a lot of sense for people who are looking for a boat um now some people who are still working and are going to be doing the loop somewhat in segments the way you described look for a trailerable boat because they plan to you know take it home some of the time obviously you're not going to be doing that to arizona um but you know, tell us a little bit about your plan. You started from Charleston and headed South because that's what you do at this time of year. Um, yeah. But it sounds like once you leave marathon, you're kind of going to go in a little bit more of the traditional looping direction, so to speak. And um, you know, so what's your plan for the loop? Is it a multi-year plan for you? Is it a one year? What are you thinking right now? And everything's subject to change.
1: <laughs> right. Um, my uh, colleagues that I work with, um, they've committed to helping me and, um, you know, do this journey for a year. So hopefully it won't spill over too much into 2023, 20, uh, but it may, you know, um, but I, I might not have as much flexibility come the next year. So I definitely, um, we're kind of thinking of trying to make this work in a year um, right now. Our plan is to go counterclockwise, go back up uh, the East coast Um As a traditional uh, loop, Um, we are going to make it back um, to Fort Lauderdale before um, I have to go back to work. And uh, we'll use that time to kind of uh, do some maintenance on YOLO. Um, Brian will stay with our dog um, on YOLO and I'll be going back to um, Scottsdale to do some work. And when I get back, we'll start um, going back up the East Coast. Uh, We do have uh, my nephew's wedding in Cape May at at the end of May. So that is our plan to be in Cape May um, by that time, um, which actually worked out perfectly. His date just uh, corresponded with the loop kind of (laughs) (laughs) timing that we needed to be up there for. uh, So um, that's going to work out. But uh, we don't have it all mapped out um it's kind of hard to do with weather and everything we just kind of know different areas that we want to hit
0: right so and, and that's I'm sure- the
2: beauty mm-hmm. yeah and that's the beauty of this trip right is uh is to not have that set schedule to say on this day i'm going to be here on this mm-hmm. day i'm going to be here um, there are a few dates obviously that are you know uh, important mm-hmm. uh, you know we were going to come down to the rendezvous um but the you know the lock uh was shut down um you know, on the 3rd of January, which um, uh, just kind of kept us here. Um, And we know that the New York canal system won't open, I think, until May 20th. um, So we can't really get up there any faster. Um, But Mm -hmm. uh, it's been really nice. And I, hopefully a lot of loopers are the same way. It's, you know, um, we're, we're pretty speedy right now because we're kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, working in between Jen's schedule, uh, but there'll be plenty of time where we just hunker down uh, for a week or so in different spots and, uh, enjoy the journey. Yes.
0: yes. Well, and, um, uh, as I think I've said before, I'm headed to marathon next, but I think you'll already be gone, but I'm sure we'll be, uh, um, oh, yeah. the, the phrase that I, I just heard, like in the in the last year or so, but it's such a good descriptor is that we'll be loop frogging as opposed to leapfrogging yes. But you it's know, we'll be jumping past you and you'll be jumping past us and I'm sure we'll see you along the way and looking forward to catching up with both of you out there on the water. So thanks for joining us today. This is a great discussion. No problem.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank us you. Thank yeah, you so absolutely. Much. Thank and you. thanks,
0: thanks to everyone who's joined us today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.